from MPB Think Radio, this is Everyday Tech. I'm Sharita Brent here today with Wilt Couture, information technology expert at New Core Steel Jackson and Flowood, and Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctor and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. Today we're talking about smart tech in your home. We'll talk about the smart TV, smart home surveillance, and should you be worried about hacking or security concerns with smart tech in your home. You can give us a call this morning at 877-MPB-RING to let us know what kind of smart tech devices you have in your home. That's 877-672-7464 or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. We'll be back right after the news. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sharita Brent, joined today by Wilts Couture, information technology expert at New Core Steel Jackson in Flowood. And Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctor and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. And today we're going to be talking about smart tech in your home. We'll talk, go through a list of different tech devices that you have in your home to make it smarter. And we'll talk about whether or not you need those things. We'll talk about smart light bulbs, the smart toothbrush. We'll get to that as well. The Amazon Echo, the Nest, smart fridge, smart TV. If you have any kind of smart devices in your home, you can give us a call, 877-MPB-RING. Tell us what you have, or maybe you have some fears about your home being too smart and filled with technology. Give us a call, 877-672-7464, or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. And if you have any general tech questions that are not smart home related, you can call us as well, 877-MPB-RING. Good morning to you, Jeremy. I heard you had an outage in the area, so you were joining us from Hattiesburg this morning. Yes, that's correct. Uh, We came in and a few things had been switched off overnight uh don't know exactly what happened but we got everything back on track now okay good well we miss you in studio today but uh, glad everything is, is going well in, in hattiesburg so what have you been working on uh, in the, the the surgery room this week at your shop well uh we've had a couple of dead motherboards come through uh yesterday i had a college student uh who's in uh, interior design and architecture she's double majoring bless her heart um, she had her motherboard die on her, and um, she had a bunch of important information that she needed moved over. She uses Adobe InDesign, so I had to uh, carefully import her project and move all her files so she could finish school. So wow. I kind of feel Ooh. like a hero today. Also, Bad timing. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Also, uh, I did pass my drone pilot's test, so I'm an FAA certified drone pilot. Congratulations, Jeremy. All right. Thank you. So what's your next move? Yeah, I heard this strange buzzing over my house last night. I don't know what that was. (laughs) It won't go that far yet. (laughs) Yet. So what's your Um, next move now that you have the license? Well, um, I've already had a client talk to me about covering uh, races, like foot races. Mm -hmm. So um, I would kind of catch everybody lining up uh, to start the race and then following them uh, from a, a safe distance overhead and then catching the people as they finish uh, crossing the finish line. Uh, so I have no idea what all I'm going to be doing, but I, I'm excited. I, I just want to get out there and start shooting. Wow. Sounds, Sounds good. pretty cool. 
Oh, well, yeah. Congratulations on that. Um, and Wilt, you. you are actually working on your second tech book. So tell us what's going to be in this book and when is it expected to release? Well, I am really hoping that by the end of this month, I'll have uh, at least a digital version of it out. Um, this one is uh, going to tend to place going to be covering picking out your computer. Some of the different things we've talked about here on the show, how to pick out your computer. Um, what are all those things, you know, what are you know, CPUs and hard drives and memory and what is all that kind of stuff that you need for your computer as well as going over different cloud services, cloud storage, email, and and those kind of things that seem to be kind of making it into everyone's home as, as well as some, uh, well, protecting our identities. You know, another thing that's really hitting the headlines a pretty good bit lately, just some uh, some common sense things and some free things that we can all do and just be aware of so we can keep ourselves a little bit safer. This one's working title right now is I Turned It On, Now What? Hmm. Okay, that's good. So this book is going to kind of be for beginners or uh, intermediate folks involved yes. in tech. Yeah, definitely geared toward uh, the beginner. You know, kind of my uh, my tagline. I kind of started with the first book was you know written in a way that even my mother in law can understand. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I like to pick on her every now and then, but I mean, really, that's that's my target audience is the people who are are not nerds by trade and and getting it to where people can understand. I mean. Yeah, that, that's what it should be all about. We're we're in IT. We are a service industry, and we're we're supposed to provide a service. And I think if we can educate the folks out there and help them to understand it better, um, that that's really where our value really comes into play. All right, sounds good. Well, congratulations on that. And Thank you. you. Have to let us know when the book um, is is released, and we'll talk about it a little bit more. Um, I am just having a really good time with my Roku stick. I set it oh, up a yeah. couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I've not been, I've not had cable for a while. I've just had the TV antenna and someone said, hey, you need to get the Roku stick. I upgraded my Roku package to the orange and blue because they, it's really weird. ESPN is in the base, the basic package, mm-hmm. but it's not in the middle package, which is what I had. And so I was really anxious to watch the NBA playoffs. So yeah. I upgraded my whole package so I could get ESPN. But I love it. I love it. Uh, the, it streams very well. The The quality of the picture is great. And I really don't miss cable. So I have those primary channels. I have CNN. I have ESPN. Um, and then I can flip back to the basic channels with a TV antenna. And this is working great. With Moroku Stick, you can also get HBO Go. Mm-hmm. which I don't think I'm subscribed to that. I just have Sling TV. It has Netflix, uh, Showtime. You can subscribe to those things for an additional price as well. So uh, I've just been really satisfied with my little Roku stick. I, we have those in every one of the TVs in our house. There's mm-hmm. a Roku stick everywhere. The kids' bedrooms. Um, you know, I mean, even like the simple things with them, they'll fire up YouTube onto it, and they can control it from their, you know, from their phones. And they've just... You know, there was no reason to really, uh, you know, we have direct TV at the house. There was no reason to put receivers in, in the bedrooms because, like you said, everything is coming off of that. So really the yeah. uh, the smart TV, you know, we kind of made our own smart TVs. And Yeah, and a strong Wi-Fi signal is extremely important. Oh, yeah. Because in yeah. my old place, my Wi-Fi was not good. I constantly had to have the, the Com- Comcast folks coming out. And in this new place, it is it the, the Wi-Fi is almost perfect. I'm not having any issues. So... Working very well. I had a, I had a client that had a uh, smart TV, and they were trying to watch Netflix on it. And I went there and I assessed their situation, and they, they were they were very close to their router. They shouldn't have had any problems, but uh, they were not able to get a good signal. And so I told them, I was like, "Look, your smart TV is really not 
I mean, it, it has the apps for it, but they're really not very good. They're kind of clunky. They don't update them a lot. Go out and get you a Roku box or a stick, and you will have a much better uh, experience watching Netflix. And so he did, and I, I haven't heard from him since. I think he's still busy watching Netflix. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and the thing is, to add one of those little sticks to the TV, I mean, it's, it's I guess to borrow my own tagline, it is so easy my mother-in-law could even do it. I mean, it's just a matter of plugging it in. Um, it walks you through it. They're very user-friendly. And for the price, you really can't beat them. I mean, what, they're still running somewhere in the $50-ish range. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes you can catch them on sale maybe. But, I mean, that's that's really not a lot to pay for you to be able to potentially get away from some, some bigger bills and, and really uh, get some good use out of your TV. And uh, so Jeremy brought up the smart TV, and that's one of the things we're going to be talking about today, which is smart tech in the home. And I wanted to just share really quickly a story I saw on uh, CNN Money. Uh, that Amazon is going to be lowering the shipping price. So the company has lowered the minimum for non-Amazon Prime members to $25 of eligible items, according to a shipping page on its website. So it used to be that you had to spend $35 or more to qualify for free shipping, and now there is a new minimum, which is cool for a lot of folks who use Amazon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I've heard that Amazon Prime is really cool as well. I'm thinking about getting it. Uh, two thumbs up from Java. Java, uh, jump also, in really quick and and tell well. us. Yeah, yeah, thumbs up here too. I love it. So what do you guys think about Amazon Prime? Because I'm on the fence. I'm I love Amazon Prime. I mean, you pay one one flat fee, I think it's maybe 99 a month. I mean, 99 for the year. Whoa, I was about Ooh, to say. <laughs> Java got them big dollars rolling. 99 for the year. And I mean, I'm literally mad if things don't come in two days from i don't uh -huh. if you know if i order from somewhere else i'm i'm like where's my stuff amazon prime has me spoiled mm -hmm. <laughs> oh yeah would you agree wilts that's oh. a benefit oh man it, it's great but it, it even goes beyond just you know the uh the shipping i mean it's, it is great getting those things in here and you know a lot of the product is great but there's a lot of other features that come with that i mean you know you get unlimited storage of all of your photos as, as part of being a member. So if you have you know, a rather large photo library and video library, you can upload every bit of that up into the cloud, into their cloud. And Amazon Cloud is pretty robust for free. Um, you know, they have video services and music services. Uh, I will say, in my opinion, their video services are – I don't put them above way. Netflix. I think they're, they fall a little bit flat to me. It seems like a lot of things you have to end up – you know, there's not as much on there for free. Mm. I think they're trying to do that. I've heard a lot talking about you know Amazon's wanting to get some uh, some unique shows, kind of like what Netflix has done as well. But they're just they're not quite there yet. But it is an option, and it is included. So it is, you know, so it's at least worth looking at. So uh, I've loved the music service. You can kind of turn on some of the music and get a pretty good bit of tunes out of it. So there are some added benefits to it. All right, Jeremy. What about you? Yeah, I'm also a big Amazon Prime fan. Um, I'm the same way. I'm spoiled by the two-day shipping. And I wanted to say, if you, for some reason, don't get your package in two days, typically if you call Amazon and let them know, they'll do something to smooth it over. They're a very customer-centric company, so they, they know who, who's responsible for their bottom line. Uh, they'll go as far as extending your Prime membership for another month or, or comping you uh, shipping on the next one. Uh, they'll, they'll do whatever they can to, to keep you happy. All right. Sounds good. Uh, so we're going to be talking about smart stuff this morning, and I wanted to start with the smart TV. We do have a call to get to. We'll get to it in just a second. But um, so 
what makes a TV smart? You know, this this wave of smart TVs came along and, of course, everybody felt like, oh, I need to get a smart TV. I was in that number. I felt like I had to get one um, just because of the way it was being marketed. And I decided to get one and it's been cool so far. But what makes a TV smart? And is it okay if you don't have one? Well, yeah, actually, well, first off, I would say, yes, it's okay if you don't have one because of all the TVs in my house, not one of them would fall into the smart TV category. Smart TV, um, as I've always seen it, is just really a TV that has features and functions beyond just receiving you know, television signals. So they'll have apps built into them, like we've mentioned before, uh, Sling TV, Netflix, HBO Go, or even YouTube and internet browsing. But it's just building in additional things which then require the TV to be either hooked up. Uh, some can be hooked up via a physical cable, um, but most of them are going to be wireless connected to your internet connection in the house. And that's really what kind of brings them to that smart era. Okay. What do you think, Jeremy? Um, I, I think that, uh, like I said before, I, I found that the smart TVs are just kind of lacking. I've noticed that their antennas are just, they're just really not strong. Like I yeah. said, that one client had theirs right next to their, I mean, not right next to it, but, but very close to it. And it's still just got a very poor signal. So, um, I, I haven't found the necessity in them, to be honest with you, the set top boxes, the Roku's and the fire TVs and all that, they've kind of taken over what that smart tv does and done it way better yeah and they're not really cumbersome i don't think either you know adding like the roku or apple tv or chromecast or whatever i don't find that being you know like a cumbersome addition to it i mean they plug in they're very discreet they plug into the tv they add their functions um it's just not a lot of muss and fuss with it right and even the tv usually has a usb port on it so you can even power that box directly through the TV. There's not a lot of wire mess behind your TV. So it's really just way too convenient not to do it. All right, we have a call to get to. Mikey is in Mobile. Good morning to you, Mikey. What do you have for us today? Oh, good morning. Good morning. Uh, I'm sorry. I, uh, uh, my question is regarding game cameras used as security connected to phone system. Do you have any advice about that? Now, you know, I've not, um, it's kind of funny. I've not personally played with them all that much, but as soon as I saw your, your question popping up there, Mikey, I, I really, uh, I kind of smiled at it because we did this at work. We had an issue in the warehouse where people were kind of forgetting to check a few things out. It wasn't all that bad, but you know, so of course we're doing the, the typical corporate thing and we're looking into, Hey, we need to put a video system in here. But the guy in the warehouse had a really simple, it was a really simple solution. He grabbed a couple of his game cameras, plugged them on up. It, you know, they're great. They're motion sense. So they only start taking pictures and video whenever there's motion in there. And they were actually picking up on it. So we've actually used them like that. Now, as far as for being connected to like, you know, the phone or anything, honestly, I'm not that familiar with that aspect of it. But it sounds like a, a, a pretty reasonable solution, actually. So how are you connecting the camera to the phone exactly? Well, I'm looking into it. I haven't done it yet, but um, okay. apparently I need it. Um, so you're going to have to have some kind of a long-term power source. And the convenience of a game camera is usually the fact that it's, you know, one enclosed unit and it can be put anywhere. So... Um, what I've had a client try to do in the past was use one of those Wi-Fi uh, SD cards, 
but they don't work because the game camera doesn't keep it on long enough for you to connect to it to pull your stuff off. Um, I, I think you're going to have to go a different route. Now, you could use it for uh, security if you want to just go and pull the card out and then see who came in. But as far as actually connecting to the camera, I, I don't know where that technology is at the moment. I don't think there is much. Card out. Where do you take it to to find what's on it? You would usually you could plug that into your computer. Typically, uh, most laptops are going to have like an SD. It's called an SD for secure digital um, card. It's about the size of a postage stamp that would slide in there and allow you to view the images that are on the card. And the images are taken at periodic, um, like you know, you get one every two or three hours or one every 30 minutes or what? Well, typically they're motion sense. They're actually, um, you know, they're exactly like what ah. the name would imply. They, they would actually be looking for a deer or, you know, um, another animal to walk in front of them. So they're going to actually sense that motion. So the same thing if a person were to walk in front or even the neighborhood cat were to walk in front, it would actually trigger it to take a picture at that particular point. All right, Mikey, thank you so much for your call. We appreciate it. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we'll talk a little bit more about smart tech in the home. We'll continue the conversation about smart TVs. Does the brand of the smart TV matter? We'll get into smart light bulbs as well, the Amazon Echo, which you can use in the home. What smart devices do you have in your home? Do you even care if your home is smart or not? Give us a call at 877-MPB-RING with any questions or comments you may have. If you have any general tech questions, we'll take those as well. 877-672-7464 is the number or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. This is Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sherita Brent, joined today by Wilkes Petrier and Jeremy Thompson, and we're talking about smart devices in your home. So if your home is smart, we're talking about those things, how you can uh, be safe. We'll talk about hacking and security issues if there are any. Let us know what kind of smart devices do you have in your home, and do you care or not if your home is smart? Does it worry you to have too many tech devices floating around in your home? 877-MPB-RING is the number. Additionally, if you have any general tech questions or comments, we'll take those as well. 877-672-7464 is the number. We do have some lines open. You can also send an email to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. So, guys, one of the arguments I often hear with smart TVs uh, is the brand of the TV really matters. I think I have Samsung. I know some folks are hardcore fans of uh, Vizio. Does the brand of the TV really matter or, or not? You know... I guess really whenever I'm looking at the TV, I'm more concerned with the picture. Um, and I think that there are definitely some out there that are better. You mentioned Samsung. I think Samsung makes a great product. Sony does as well. Um, nothing wrong with Vizios. I'm seeing those go out there. Uh, really, it's like a lot of things. There's a lot of these manufacturers, although it might have a different label on the outside of them, 
they really, a lot of them come off of the exact same assembly lines as the others. Mm -hmm. Um, It's kind of like the old stereos in the past. I mean, you could buy a Pioneer, but Pioneer happened to also be AudioVox. It just depended on what was running down the assembly line that particular day. Um, The best thing to do on that is really probably to, to look into, you know, we mentioned like Amazon, some other sites, look into the reviews on that particular model or models that you're looking at and seeing what people's experience with the TV part has been. Mm-hmm. Um, because, it, yeah, I mean, brands can matter, but I have, uh, I've seen Sony's and Samsung's that have been, you know, this particular model line, for example, may be just, you know, a lemon. Okay. So. Jeremy, you have any thoughts? Well, um, I, I think that TVs have come far enough that it's, it's pretty easy to put out a, a fairly consistent and working unit. Mm-hmm. Uh, no matter what the brand name, you're probably going to get at least two to three years out of a TV. After that, I think the brand name might uh, begin to uh, become a little more relevant. Like, uh, like you said, Vizio, um, that's the kind of TV that I have. And I've had one of them for like eight years, and I've never had a problem with it. I mean, it it's it's on display in my shop going strong so i'm i'm very happy with vizio but i think just about any brand would be okay for at least two or three years all right so as for security concerns is it possible for a smart tv to get hacked and then i'm going to ask an even tougher question than that but is it possible for your smart tv to be intercepted by someone it can absolutely yeah yeah definitely there are people out there that you know just like a lot of things in tech, as they get more popular, they get a larger bullseye on their back. And so these smart TVs, smart devices are getting more popular. I mean, you think about it. They are they can be eyes and ears into your home. So it is definitely a concern. So the smart TVs can watch you. Is that true? I don't know about watch you, but I know they can listen to you. And and really, it's their nature. They're supposed to listen. We actually ask them to listen, so it shouldn't really come as too much of a surprise if it's listening. Even your Roku, I mean, some of the Roku, some of these things can all be voice-controlled now. They're really moving towards that. So, so yeah, they're listening. What you really got to look into is from a privacy standpoint, what's, what's the company's policy? What do they say they'll do with what they're listening? Are they just going, you know, is it just listening temporarily, and then does it dump it? Or are they storing it somewhere? I think we saw... Um, a few months back in the news that it came up, they were looking at that for an FBI or some kind of investigation that they wanted to actually get the records off of an Amazon Echo. Okay. Jeremy, your thoughts? Well, um, I'm sorry. What what was the question? Oh, we were talking about uh, could TVs be hacked and is it possible for a smart TV to watch you? Yeah. Okay. So um, the uh, the boxes themselves, most of them, uh, if they have some kind of voice control, it's actually a button that you have to push so at least there's that level of authorization, whereas if the button's not pushed, then it's not listening. Now, when it comes to your Alexas and your Google Homes and those sorts of things, those are always listening for that keyword. So, um, you know, there's a lot of stipulation as to whether or not they're listening all the time. Uh, but if the question is, could it happen? Yeah, uh, somebody could definitely find out how to take over it and, and listen to it. Um, that's on the manufacturers mostly to patch those kind, identify those kinds of security problems and patch them uh, before they become widespread. All right, a few calls to get to. We go first to Dexter in Oxford, uh, who wants to know about the Amazon Echo. Good morning to you, Dexter. Oh, I have a question about um, Spotify. This is kind of complicated. Um, so I have Amazon Echo and Echo Dot, uh, and I'm on Amazon Prime, and I'm on Spotify Premium. So 
when I asked Amazon to play music, the music uh, is complete. But then when I asked the Echo to play my Spotify, um, then it cuts off the first 10 seconds of the song, and then it cuts off the uh, 10 seconds of the end of the song. But when I play Amazon on it, Amazon Music, it does not. So hmm. I have fixed that. Hmm. Never heard of that happening before. Actively Googling. Uh, let's see. Wilson, have you ever heard of that happening? I have not. That's what I was... I was kind of scratching my head on that particular one. As far as for cutting it off, it... it my gut reaction is, is there a, a lag of it picking up those particular services and having a, um, you know, a problem getting to that? But that, that really wouldn't make sense. Not at the Amazon side of it's working just fine. Ooh, there's a lot of people on Reddit having this problem. Oh. Mm. Okay. They suspect it's a server-side issue, so uh, that should resolve itself in time. But if it doesn't, you might want to contact uh, Amazon and see if they have any uh, any information regarding that. They might be able to walk you through on that. So it sounds like it's a bug out there that they're they're working through? Well, this was a, a thread I found on Reddit from three months ago, but at the bottom it says uh, most of us reported this issue, and it stopped around the same time we reported it. So they say it's a server-side issue, so it could just be sporadic. All right, Dexter, we appreciate your call. If you have any follow-up questions, you can send an email to everydaytechatmpbonline.org. Thank you. We go next to Benny in uh, Kosciuszko. Good morning to you, Benny. What do you have for us today? Well, it's interesting listening to all of this that's available for a smart TV, uh, which I have. Uh, I think we have four in our home. But uh, is it, does it do any good to have a smart TV if you have very poor Wi-Fi service? No. No. Not, not really, because uh, a majority of the features that are added to a smart TV have to do with Internet streaming services like your Netflix and such. Okay, well, I'm sorry. Yeah. Then say Internet service for Internet. Yeah, well, it depends on how poor. Uh, have you done a speed test? Do you have any metrics we could use? Well, our Internet comes from uh, Dish Network. Mm-hmm. And we only have a limited supply, and I mean limited supply. So it's like, and then it slows down after you use that app, which is usually used up after two weeks. So Almost like a HughesNet or something like so. Satellite internet. Yes, satellite. We're yeah, out the, we're out in the country. Yeah, the uh, the lagging on satellite internet would really affect some of those smart TV functions. Um, not only that, but it's. Uh, if you're using Netflix and stuff like, or trying to use Netflix, it's going to eat into your data a lot. And since uh, since that's already an issue, I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend trying to connect anything else. Yeah, I, I found that out with the Netflix. It tracked. You can maybe watch one thing, then it starts tracking. Uh -huh. So now, one thing you might want to look at is that you might can go into Netflix itself. And tell it to possibly reduce the quality. A lot of times, Netflix wants to transmit at the highest you know, quality that it possibly can. And sometimes maybe you can just back off just a little bit, maybe uh, you know, go down to a standard definition instead of high definition on some things. And that's going to end up, you know, the, the big effect of that is it's going to take a lot less bandwidth, a lot less of your Internet 
uh, allowance per se mm-hmm. uh, for that, and that might give you a little bit more longevity out of it. Um, again, just by backing that off, backing the quality off a little bit, and and for most people, even going down a step or two, you're probably not going to really notice much of a difference. Okay, and I do that with uh, Netflix. Correct. That would be actually at Netflix themselves. Okay. Does it affect if you? Um Okay, I'll just give them a call and then and then find out from there. Yeah, because we did that. Uh, my daughter absolutely is addicted to Netflix, and but she was just totally eating up our data on that. And so we just backed it off. She didn't even recognize that there was a, a quality difference, and but you know probably cut our data uses almost in half. Okay, thank you for that call, Benny. We appreciate it. Good luck to you. If you uh, need to follow up in any way, you can email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Kathy is in Jackson. Good morning to you, Kathy. What do you have for us today? Good morning. Um, I've just acquired a lake cabin where there is no Internet service available. Are there any options to receive Netflix outside of um, some type of cable or satellite service? Um, you you could try with your wireless carriers, but that's going to eat up your data a lot. Right. I'm trying to get around that, and that's why I wondered, is there some option I'm just not aware of? Besides satellite, cable, and wireless, unfortunately, no, not yet. Okay. Yeah, All right. well, that's, that's the uh, unfortunate. It. Now, they do still have their DVD sending features, which is, you know, some people still actually like um but I know that's not quite where you're looking. Now, is it, was it, uh, Jeremy, was it Netflix that is doing the, you can download some of the um, some of the material when you're offline and then play it later? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can do that on your uh, on your phone or your tablets. Yeah, so that might, that might be one option, Kathy, is like, you know, whenever, let's just say, you know, if it's a uh, vacation cabin, for example, maybe like while you're at your house where you do have internet, you can actually download a few of those Netflix movies maybe to your phone, to your computer, something like that, and then you can actually play them out at the cabin. Okay, well then where would I find the solution to get from the tablet or phone to the TV? Is that a hard connection? Usually like a- it'd be a wireless. I know... Um, Depending on the device that you're outputting from, there should be some kind of adapter. Even for an iPad, you can get an HDMI adapter that will hook up to your TV so you can watch it. Okay. That helps. Mm-hmm. All right. That helps. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank yeah. you, Kathy. We appreciate your call. All right. It's time for a break. When we get back, we'll talk a little bit more about smart tech in the home. We'll talk about smart light bulbs. Uh, Nest. The Nest. Is it Nest? The Nest. Nest. It's a smart thermostat and smoke detector and some other cool things we'll get to. And we'll talk about the Amazon Echo a little more in detail. I think Jeremy owns one, so we'll talk about what that is. Give us a call if you have smart tech in your home. Uh, You'd like to let us know which devices you have, or maybe you're considering getting some, or maybe you're worried and you want to get some advice. 877 MPB ring is the number. If you have any general tech questions, you can call us with those as well. 877-672-7464 is the number. We do have some lines open or send an email to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. This is Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. 
Welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sharita Brent, joined today by Wilkes Couture and Jeremy Thompson. And we're talking about smart devices in your home, smart tech, smart home. If you have smart devices, let us know which ones you have in your home and how they are working out for you. Or if you're concerned about any privacy or security as it relates to smart devices in your home, you can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. If you have any general tech questions or comments, we'll take those as well, 877-672-7464 or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. All right, we have lots of calls to get to, so I want to talk through really quickly a few of these smart thingies. Um, So smart light bulbs, I've read that there are some legitimate reasons that you should consider getting a smart light bulb. They dim, uh, they can change colors, they can even play music. Uh, But you guys' thoughts on smart light bulbs and are they beneficial at all to people in the home? You know, a lot of times when I see them, I think a lot, you know, the amp, the ambiance aspect of them. But something a lot of us may not think about is, I mean, light bulbs use up a pretty good bit of electricity. So adding that smart feature to them, a little bit of management um, in there, that can actually kind of add up a little bit. I mean, especially depending on, you know, if you're talking about like a business or, you know, with your home with some of those big, big bulbs out there. I know just switch, we switched over to like some LED floodlights outside of the house um, a lot brighter supposed to last a heck of a lot longer so i mean the you know the the price difference wasn't that big of a deal and uh yeah maybe see a little bit of uh, energy savings as well something i've seen that's that's really cool is that they can change colors i've read that yeah. some of them can help you sleep better which is sometimes i have an issue going to sleep i sleep with a sound machine to help me go to sleep but i imagine uh this this c sleep light bulbs it emits different color temperatures uh, that are designed to help you sleep better so that sounds pretty attractive to me jeremy any thoughts um, you'll definitely see some energy savings with the uh, with the smart light bulbs because they're all LED, um, and yeah, they're they're super cool. I mean, you can you can set them up to where uh, you can either control them from an app or you can control them from a digital assistant like your Google Home or your Amazon Echo. So you can literally say, Alexa, turn on the lights in the living room, and she'll turn them on. Wow. Uh, now, are these are these light bulbs pretty expensive? Uh, they're they're coming down in price uh, pretty quick, and there are there are other ways around those things as well. I mean, unless you just need uh, directly like a, a light bulb, you can also get light switches, and you can get um, plugs for your home as well. So if you had like a lamp in your living room that you wanted to use uh, wirelessly, you could you could hook that up. Okay, sounds good. Um, all right, and uh, ooh, before we get to the calls, uh, Jeremy, could you touch on the Amazon Echo really quickly? And there is a new touchscreen Echo Show thingy out now, but I know you have the Echo. Uh, so how do you use it in your home? Well, we've had an Echo for over a year now, and mostly what we use it for is asking for uh, the daily weather. Uh, you can also get news on it, and we do also play quite a bit of music on it. So it's pretty cool just to be able to tell her, hey, play the new Gorillaz album, and she'll go out there and pull it up for you. Okay. Hey, can we get the now, Everyday Tech podcast on it? Uh, yes, actually, you can, and um, uh, we highly recommend that. <laughs> Shameless um, plug. Yep. <laughs> so there's, there's, two, uh, there's two new Echoes. There's the Echo Look which is um, sort of like the tower. Um, it, it's, it's different, but it's still got a tower base to it. Um, and it has a camera with no display. So um, it can see you, but you can't see it, I guess you could say. Um, there's no screen on it. So uh, apparently it has some feature where you can uh, put on one outfit in front of it, and then you can change, and it can rate which outfit is better. I know that that's definitely not a selling feature for me, but uh, some of our listeners may be interested in that. Uh, then there's the Echo Show, 
which was, ju- I mean, just announced. This thing is a baby. Uh, they just put it on sale on Amazon uh, for pre-order. Um, it is basically the same thing as the Echo Look. It still has a camera on it, but it has a touchscreen display. And I've seen some of the stuff you can do with it. Uh, people will be able to call one another through the Echo shows. So you'll get uh, video conferencing and things like that. I can see that being a pretty exciting addition to a lot of people's uh, homes or offices. All right. But so this kind of just boils down to, um, you know, recreational use is not necessarily a necessity. <laughs> no, it's yeah. yeah, no, it's definitely not a necessity. Um, it's one of those things that's becoming more useful over time. But nece- yeah, necessary is the wrong word. Um, fun to use. Uh, it's cool to be using something that's that's more cutting edge uh, to give you that 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 home of the future feel. But it's definitely not necessary. Yeah, yeah, it's it's finding its niche. I think. I think the, uh, I think the video calling aspects can be pretty cool. I mean, that's oh yeah, that's been something that people really enjoy. I mean, just imagine, you know, the grandkids wanting to talk to the grandparents, and they're you know a few states away. I mean, there is, although it's recreational, there's definitely some value in that as well. So, um, and then there's always Skype. You well, can do the same thing, right? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't cost you two hundred twenty nine dollars a piece either. Right. Which yeah. is which is by the way, that's the current going price for the uh, the Echo Show. Although I do see they have an introductory buy two now and save a hundred dollars. So yeah, it does make <laughs> you feel cooler. Like on my new Dell XPS laptop, there's mm-hmm. a, a woman named Cortana, so I can just say hey Cortana and ask anything, and she answers me. So it makes me feel cool uh, if it does nothing else. All right, lots of calls. <laughs> right, lots of calls to get to. We go first to Rosina in Braxton. Good morning to you, Rosina. Hey, how are you? Hey, doing great. Fine, good. Um, I live in the country. My ESL. Speed is download 1.5 and my upload is 256. I think it's K. Yeah, 256 um, kilobyte. Max I can get. Uh, in the last month, I've started having issues on speed uh, email, and I've been told by AT and T that that um, my internet speed is contributing to the email problems, but. It takes over a minute to, to upload a email with an attachment of less than 7K. Um, so I have been hours on the phone with AT&T. They've run a line test. Uh, various levels of expertise have helped me. Um, some not so good. Anyway, <laughs> any suggestions? So are you running uh, just a DSL modem in your house, or do you have a router as well? I have a router, separate um, Linksys router with a uh, Netgear modem. Um, okay, and how, how old is that? Uh, probably less than two years old, both of them. And you just recently started having this problem? Yeah, yeah. I had um, a lot of resolving host issues, and mm-hmm. about the same time, um, I was having uh, email kickoffs and everything, and I mapped some port not found or something. And I, a couple of people told me that Yahoo was redoing some servers, and I quit having that. But then the upload speed went to crawl. The speed test um, has not ever gotten up to the 1.3 that I had been getting previously download speed mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um uh upload speeds 
has varied from 0.07, I think it's megabytes from AT&T uh, upload, and uh, it's usually like 0.2 Okay. Oh, maybe. So, um, has AT and T tested a direct connection from your modem to your computer? As in, on from their end? Um, so, on no, no, no. Uh, has anyone physically come out to your house and not, disconnected not your modem? The guy that um, came out was not. He was a lineman. They said that uh -huh. he would test, and he got. He says. No, I don't touch anybody's equipment, so exactly. get that. Okay, so mm. I, I think that your equipment has failed on you. I know it's less than two years old, but you never know with routers and things like that. Since the issue just recently occurred, and they've tested all their stuff, and they say, of course, that it's fine, um, I would point the finger at the router first and look at replacing that and see if that doesn't resolve your issue. Keep your receipt in case it doesn't. That way you can take it back. Uh, and when you, if you set this up yourself, be sure that you reset your modem before you install your router. All right. First? You, you want to unplug the modem when you set up the router and then plug the modem back in and then turn the router on. You want to do it in that order. Yeah, the way I always kind of describe it is I, I start from the wall. So whatever's closest to the wall first, turn it on. And as the cables keep on going, you know, your, your uh, modem would be, you know, Modem would be first, and then your router would be second. But I, I think we got a bad router, don't you, Will? That's kind of what it would sound like to me. I mean, I know upload speeds. Um, I, I'm in the same boat. I have DSL as well. Upload speeds are absolutely terrible, but they should not be creeping that bad. That's um, that's a little bit above and beyond terrible. And if a router doesn't resolve your issue, then you've got a bad modem. Or you've got another problem with your line, which uh, uh, my heart's with you. I wish you all the best in dealing with AT&T. Uh, good luck. <laughs> all right, Rosina, thank you so much for your call. We appreciate it. If you have any follow-up questions, email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. And before I forget, I'm just going to go ahead. We can mention our podcast. We are, I believe, in the top three or four out of all the local shows and top po three. podcast subscriptions. Whoop, whoop. Woo, woo. So we want you guys to continue <laughs> subscribing to the Everyday pod, uh, Everyday Tech Podcast. You can use your, your regular podcast app and do it that way. Uh, or you can go to mpbonline.org. There's a right column on that webpage, and you can subscribe that way as well. So we appreciate it, guys, and we want to make it to number one, okay? Yes. It's, it's, just, it's not a competition. It's just a request. Um, <laughs> Bethany is in cold water, wants to talk about Netflix. Good morning to you, Bethany. Bethany. Oh, good morning. Good morning. Um, I had a question about about Netflix and, and satellite service. Um, how many gigabytes each month would you suggest that you should have before you get Netflix? Uh, downstream? Like, like download speed? Yes, sir. I believe the standard is five, isn't it, Wilt? That's for Netflix. Yeah, video just eats up so much. It that's really a hard the hard part of that is a lot of would depend on what are your what are your viewing habits. Um, it says one point five megabits a second. That seems kind of low. Um, I'd say uh, to not be experiencing a lot of streaming, you're going to want to be pulling at least five. But according to uh, this article I found here, it says one point five is the minimum. One point five is the minimum. Mm hmm. Now, yeah, Netflix is supposed to scale down if it sees that slow. And it may, may, may come with some buffering, too. 
Yeah. Right. And your your consumption is like I know that those satellite data plans are real draconian. So be real watchful of your usage as you as you use this. Okay, so just be careful. Don't watch too much. I guess that's good advice anyway. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and really, uh, Bethany, we see this. It's, it's kind of like a, a recurring problem, especially, you know, um, in, a, in, a, in a lot of areas, and that is, the satellite internet is just it it really limits some of those abilities out there unfortunately i mean it's a great service and they do some you know some wonderful things reaching into some corners that we can't normally get to um but they do kind of give these these streaming services a, a run for their money really unfortunately all right bethany thank you for your call we appreciate it um roger is in florence with a question about an apple phone good morning to you roger what do you have for us oh well i have some maybe an easy easily answered question, but I hope it's not that quick. I have a uh, what would be an ancient computer in some people's view. It's a uh, 10-year-old Mac book. Operating system is 10.6.8, and every time I, I have an opportunity to get something that says, oh, you got to have at least 10.8, and so I'm 6.8. That's the first problem. But What's occurred is my Apple uh, telephone, my, my iPhone, has stopped communicating. It won't deliver pictures to my MacBook anymore. All of a sudden, and I don't know, I can't relate it to anything except possibly there was an update I wasn't aware of. But when I plug in, instead of uh, iPhoto automatically coming up, and, you know, I'm showing pictures and then starting to download whatever it hasn't downloaded yet from my phone. Instead of that, <clears throat> I got a little window that says cannot download because the iPhone is locked. Unlock your iPhone. Well, it's not locked. I haven't locked it, and I've unlocked it and locked it back and tried all those things. So am I out of luck, or is there something well, I can do? Uh, we don't like to take out of luck as a as a as a solution here. Um, so ten point six point eight would be Snow Leopard. And um, have you recently updated your iPhone? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I've, I've tried. I never. Okay. I don't know if it's been um, updated or not, and I can't tell if it's whether it's been updated or not. I don't know how to do that, but I have not. Okay. Recently, took it. Yeah. Now. When you plug your phone up to your MacBook, does it make a sound? Does it show that it's connected? Yes, yes. It's connecting. Definitely connecting. Okay. Uh, that's why. Uh, okay. Go ahead, Jeremy. Um, well, that's kind of a tough issue. Uh, I'd really like to follow up with him on this one because there's a couple of different things that we need to try. I would look and see if possibly there's an update for Snow Leopard that he doesn't have installed. Maybe there's some compatibility or a, a driver that needs to be updated uh, to get that working again. But since the computer is actually sensing that it's hooked up, there's there's probably nothing wrong with his cable. But he may want to try another cable because if it's saying that it's seeing the screen is locked, maybe there's something wrong with the uh, with the connection to the computer itself. So I'd try another cable. I'd look for an update. And then if that doesn't work, send us an email, everydaytech at mpbonline.org, and we'll uh, we'll see what else we can do for you. All right, thank you for your call, Roger. We appreciate it. Uh, final call goes to Grace and Pearl, who's been waiting very patiently on hold. Good morning to you, Grace. Thanks for holding. Hey, um, I have a um, an, an iPhone, um, 
and I have Wi-Fi at home, and I've, I've got uh, one of those plans that is fairly limited cell data because, you know, I learned that you could do most things in Wi-Fi. Well, um, this month, for some strange reason, it just, I got, the same day I, <clears throat> I got a message that there was 75% left, and then like a half an hour later, I got a message there was 90% left. Hmm. I just closed everything that I had open. But my question, and then then it still ended up buying me another 500 megabytes, um, which is not a big deal. But I wanted to know what happened. <laughs> so okay. my question is, are there some apps that that use cell data that I'm not aware of? That's probably one of my questions. Yes. Okay. And they will eat it up. Yes. For example, I don't know if this is possible, but... One day when I was at home, I opened up Pandora, and it wanted a password. Well, I just I didn't want to bother to go through the hassle at the moment, so I just left it sitting there. But I haven't streamed any music. Could that have eaten up cell data? Uh, well, what we really need to do is go into settings and go to cellular and look at what is actually using that data. Um, if you go, um, you can look and see. Under cellular data, it will tell you like which apps are actually using cellular data, and then it should be able to break them down into uh, which apps and how much data they have used. Yeah, it'll show it right below it. And what you can do is if you see one, you know, for example, one thing that we uh, we did, I mentioned a little bit earlier, my daughter and her Netflix addiction uh, running up against my Internet caps, is I went in there and actually saw where the Netflix app was at, and I slid the slider over, so instead of it being green, it was actually off. And basically what that did is said, okay, Netflix, you can no longer use cellular data, meaning you will only work if you're on Wi-Fi. So if you see a runaway app in there or something, you're saying, hey, I don't really need to use that if I'm not on Wi-Fi. You can go ahead and flip that off and just remove that as even being a problem. Yep. All right. Grace, thank you for your call. We appreciate it. Uh, guys, we don't have much time left, but I did want someone to touch on the Nest uh, thermostat and some other stuff as well. But uh, that's a, a pretty neat techie thing that folks have in the home. Oh, it's definitely really cool. The, uh, the really nice thing about the Nest thermostat is... You can view it from anywhere you're at. So, you know, one of the nice little things is, hey, have you ever been, you know, gone out for the, the day, went off on a trip for the week and said, oh, I meant to turn the thermostat up or I meant to turn it down? Well, now you can control it from your phone. But the other really neat thing is, is it can actually start learning what's going on with you and it can help to control that temperature to where, you know, you're not wasting it. We've seen all these little, you know, the uh, the digital thermostats come in. This is just that next phase of that really kind of getting to where we're controlling because, yeah, you know, AC and heat cost a lot of money. Yeah. Um, Jeremy, do y'all do y'all use the uh, the Nest down there? I think we were talking about I don't it. Have, I don't have one in my shop, but I have set one up for a client, and that thing is cool, man. Uh, the way that you control it, it has a touch screen on it, but it also has a rotating dial. So the way you get through a lot of the menus is just by, like, um, uh, rotating it and then tapping on it. And it, the, the whole thing itself is like a button. So um, it, it connects to your Wi-Fi and then connects to an app that you set up an account with Nest and then boom, you can control your Wi-Fi from wherever you are or your, your uh, thermostat from wherever you are. And that can uh-huh. be a huge energy savings. Yeah. Okay. Now they also have like, you know, the smoke detector and all that too. So Okay. And smart toothbrush is just a fancy way to brush your teeth. All right, Jeremy, go ahead with your poem. <laughs> smart home, smart home. Even when I roam, 
in the palm of my hand control of my ceiling fan or my vacuum or thermostat. Someone's on my doorstep. Wait a minute. Who is that? Oh, no worries. It's just the FedEx guy dropping off a package and waving to my eye in the sky. <laughs> All right, Jeremy. I'm, I'm telling you, you're in the wrong profession, man. You should totally be a, a poet or some kind of Shakespearean actor. Thank you for your expertise this morning, Jeremy. Same to you. Wilts Java Chapman was our board operator, and our call screener was uh, Kevin Farrell. All right, stay tuned. The original Southern Remedy is coming up next with Dr. Rick DeShazo. This is Think Radio on MPB.